Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Driven by Design. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you the future and the past of car design. One conversation at a time with our conversational car designer himself. Always out and about in the world looking at uh, light and new things. I think he's in uh, Cape Cod somewhere today here. Brian Thompson, welcome, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you, Paul. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, I am in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Uh, I love being here because of the light is so beautiful and electric at certain times of day. But um, speaking of light, we have a very special guest today, Rick Barnett, who actually represents uh, artists who work on, uh, I would call, we would call them the masters of light. He also does a number of things, but uh, one of the things I'm really fascinated about, not only are the artists he represents, but also he helps people uh, with recovery from addiction. Uh, a really well-rounded guy that's doing a lot for different parts of our community. But today, Rick is here to talk about the Concord and, and Pastero, uh, which is up in the Monterey. And welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Um, so actually, today is the day of your concourse. Why don't you give people a little synopsis of what is it about? Sure. Well, a few years ago, three years ago, I was asked by the club members to uh, put on a uh, put on a car show. Uh, you know, Monterey Car Week is uh, is something that is known worldwide. Uh, Pasadena launches Car Week. Uh, 10 days, by the way. You know, when I first, my wife and I went on our first date in 1979, and uh, we went to the Concord at Pebble Beach uh, in August 19, 1979. And at that time, uh, car weekend was three days. And, uh, and uh, it was easy to get into, uh, simple, you know, you pay your $35, you go grab your blanket, sit down on the lawn, watch the cars go by, and, uh, and that was it. That was our first date. So really? that's a great first date. Hopefully she's a car person. So that must have well, been something. She wasn't. She wasn't a oh. car person, but I, but I knew right away that she was the kind of person I could spend the rest of my life with. So we went out on our first date on Sunday, August 19th. Monday, we talked on the phone for two and a half hours. And Tuesday, on the phone, I asked her to marry me. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah. that. That's amazing. What a romantic story. All yeah, that, that was 42 world. years ago. And, wow. Uh, and so here we are. That's Yeah, really really exciting. So, you know, here we are. It's uh, uh, now a 10-day event. Uh, Car Week is now a 10-day event. The, the Concord Pasadena launches Car Week on August 5th this year, uh, which is the press party. That'll happen in just a few hours. Um, just before that go happens, we have 50 chosen cars by the jury that will be leaving the courtyard at Pasadena and driving to the track and doing two laps around the track at Laguna Seca, coming back for the press party this evening. And then tomorrow, of course, the Concours. Um, 100 vehicles, uh, exciting cars. Everything from, um, gosh, a, a 1966 Ford Galaxy that's been completely modified and tricked out. A, a, a Las Vegas SEMA winner, a Buick, uh -huh. Buick winner, uh, wagon that is going to be there. Uh, as well as sports cars. We've got everything from uh, uh, a uh, Triumph Spitfire that Kurt, we've got a picture of Carol Shelby uh, racing that car all the way up to a $35 million uh, 1959 Ferrari Testarossa. So everything in between. Six classes of cars, 
uh, a 100-year retrospect on motorcycle design and technology, Hot Wheels this year, uh, which are very exciting. Everything from uh, young children bringing in new Hot Wheels to Bruce Pascal's collection, uh, including the Beach Bomb, which is a $175,000 Volkswagen bus that is only two inches long and an inch and a half high. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Quite a range. So, cars. Yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got a lot going on and uh, carving uh, stations and champagne that's being poured and awards by Tiffany and uh, just a fun, fun two-day event. And, you know, it, it sounds like an amazing event. And I love that you have such a broad range of cars from, uh, you know, big, full-size, multi-million-dollar cars down to little teeny tiny ones, yeah. as I was we had Felix Hulse, who used to be the head of uh, Hot Wheels Design, on this podcast, and I just love his passion for these these cars. And you know, the interesting thing about Hot Wheels for true car people is Hot Wheels always exaggerates the proportions, whereas Matchbox sort of stayed true to the actual proportions. Right. So yeah. Little car designers typically like Matchbox because we're so tuned into proportion, yeah. and car enthusiasts typically like Hot Wheels. They're <laughs> very categories. Let me ask you. Um, so. You know, this is obviously a very high-end exclusive event. Some of the best cars on the planet come to see this. For people who are just entering this, what would you say um, is the range of, of the age of cars? In other words, what's the oldest car and the newest car that would be uh, on display? Yeah. So we have a 1913 Buick that'll be on mm -hmm. display. We have in motorcycles, we have a, a 1921 Harley-Davidson pea shooter and then all the way up to uh, the most contemporary cars, which fit into the modern classics category. Uh, so we have um, a, a 2020 uh, Ford Heritage GT race car. Uh -huh. uh, we also have, um, you know, a, a carbon edition uh, uh, Corvette C8 uh, 21. You know, rare, rare new cars as well as rare old cars and everything in between. Six classes of cars. So we have uh, uh, vintage, um, uh, modified, international, uh, domestic, commercial, and competition. So those six classes of cars are all represented, plus the People's Choice Award, which is Modern Classics, 33 cars that will be on exhibit, and the spectators uh, will be able to vote on their favorite car, and Tiffany does a spectacular job in creating an award for the winner of that car. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, the motorcycles and the Hot Wheels, and it's fun. Yeah, you know, it sounds really funny. Also, the, the, the concept of classic cars uh, by generation is really changing, meaning this is an exciting event for people who are who who are who don't have a great familiarity with cars or who love cars or are very into cars. But what I think is fascinating, coming from a car family where, you know, I, I've designed cars for 20 years myself, but my family is very much a race car family. So my, you know, my, my uncle collects like vintage formula cars. He has like Paul Newman's McKee, everything to the, to the, um, the, you know, the current Ford GT signed by Camillo. Yeah. Cardova designed it. So, you know, real race car families. But on the flip side of our family is, is my end, which is more of the actual design of the future of cars. And I think it's an event for anybody that has any sort of love for cars will find something that they like here. I have a question for you. Being that this is your world and you, you work with not only different kinds of talent, meaning people who are really established and well-known painters, but also 
the type of talent that creates these cars that become a classic. What do you see as the future of classic design? What area of car or what era of car is going to become a classic in the next 10 to 20 years? Yeah, you know, we're, we're in an interesting time right now. And, and I'll tell you, um, without getting too far off into the cornfields, there was a period of time in the 20s and 30s that a, a brand new uh, stylistic design mm. hit clothing and architecture and automobiles and a number of fronts. And that was the Art Deco style of, of, uh, of design that happened during that period of time. And while it didn't last forever, it certainly is being viewed today as something very iconic. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're at reaching that point again. And I, you know, I don't know what that final shape will look like, but when we take a look at uh, the cars that are being designed today, uh, they're very different from the cars of the 70s and 80s. These are cars that are getting outside the box. Certainly hypercars are fueling part of that, no pun intended. But, um, but we, we are seeing an entirely new, different design that is coming. And, you know, the, the, just recently, uh, we had a, a Pagini that was here that, that was, uh, uh, that was, oh my gosh, what was it? It was, uh, 10 years old. But, you know, that company is so far ahead of the curve in design. And here's a 10 year old car that looks futuristic and, and yet has the kinds of shapes and styles that you know you would associate with uh, the modern Bugatti, or um, so I, you know I'm not exactly certain where this is all going to go, but, but I will tell you that we are we are right now at a tempest uh, in in influence, and I think we're going to see that manifest itself in the next three to four years. Really, I do. Yeah, I think so too. You know, it's it's interesting being on the forefront of the future of automotive design in in the world I live in. Nothing I work on steering wheel anymore, right? So everything that is becoming a car in the next decade is yeah. something really has more to do with a uh, consumer electronic device or a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see which of those uh, become classics someday. So, uh, you know, wh whether it's a self-driving delivery vehicle that drops off your stuff. Well, what happens when those are disused and all gone? Do people have people that are children now remember those, and so they have a fondness for those the way that people, the way yeah. the people are, uh, who are older now remember the fifties and sixties. It'll be interesting to see what, as our definition of what is an automobile starts to change, because it's, it's only been around for seventy years or so. What will become a classic? It's fascinating to see you know cars that uh, excite me are, are always cars from the like Japanese. Datsun V210s and Honda Civics and stuff from the 80s, because that's the career I grew up in. Yeah. But it's funny to see those cars, they're not typically recognized in the big shows like this one, but they're starting to uh, skyrocket in value. And I wonder yeah. if there'll be an era for the next generation where those are the big classics. Yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know. I, I know that, I know that, and I really feel it. I mean, I'm almost a little... Um, uh, itchy about what what I think is going to happen in the next two to three years. As I said, I, I don't know what that will ultimately look like, but I can see that we're reaching that again. And 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 you know, there's so that you know, with no with no disrespect to Tesla, uh, the the design is um, is uh, Spartan in, in a lot of ways, and yet you can see where uh, Ford was very challenged uh, with coming out with their electric car, the Mustang. 
Uh -huh. uh, first of all, deciding whether or not it should be called a Mustang. And then secondly, uh, coming up with a design that both reflected the electric car influence as well as the retro car influence. So you can see that designers in the automobile industry right now are being very challenged. And, you know, plants are like that. I mean, I know this is going to sound goofy, but if you don't, if you don't overwater a, a flower, overwater a plant, ultimately it's going to create a, an incredible bloom because it stresses uh, just like fruit, just like you overwater uh, a, a, a wine grape and you're not going to get good wine. So you, you, the great you turn it back and suddenly you end up with great wine or you end up with a great flower. And I think that's what's happening right now in the automobile design industry is I think that we are seeing, um, we're seeing designers stretched and, and, and really, I mean, like there's a strain going on. And from that, we're going to see something really great. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think we're going to see something really great. Yeah, you you know you you touch on a couple points here. So first of all, to go back to to Tesla, you know Franz von Holzhausen, who leads Mazda Design, he's always had a great sense of uh, of, of what makes a, a well proportioned uh, car with a good stance. When he in his days at Mazda, you know some of those cars that came out of his tenure there really could become classics in the modern era. Yeah. And Tesla probably one that has a good candidacy to be a, a classic because not only because of what it did for the car industry, which really just upended it. He basically did what, uh, you know, Elon Musk basically did what DeLorean wanted to do. But when Franz went from Mazda and then started designing Teslas, he took that aesthetic with him. And so if you look at current Teslas, they really look like Mazdas because they're his work. Yeah. But they really do have those essences that make for a classic car. You know, one of the things I always learned from Tomatano, who created the Mazda Miata and was my mentor in the car industry, is that one of the key elements to make something into a classic car or two things really. One is when you run your hand over the car, it should never get interrupted. There should never be a moment where your hand stops. Mm -hmm. And if you think of cars like the Mazda Miata, the RX-7, the cars that Franz is doing at Tesla, there's you, you use the word Spartan, but I would use it as timeless and simple, right? Whereas maybe the current uh, Mustang doesn't really have that, right? It has a lot going on that's kind of yeah. trying to reach back really quickly yeah. and grab some Mustang pieces and throw on it, right? right? But it's probably not gonna be a classic. But the fascinating thing about that is that when you look at a car that will become a classic, it should always grab you and make you want to look back at it again. Yeah. Tesla owners always look back. If you watch them in a parking lot, they always look back. Do the current Mustang e owners look back? I don't know. I don't know if it's even enough of a design statement to merit looking back. So I'm curious if that will be a, uh, a classic. I'm wondering what you think of that. Well, I, I mean, your point's well taken. And, um, and, you know, I think all you have to do is look back over the last 100 years and validate your comments. So I, I would agree. Yeah. And, you know, and, it's, and the other thing you touched on, which I thought was fascinating, is a, in the next 100 years, you know, designers are being stretched. Right. And I love this concept because that's a, that's as a car designer myself working on these cars that don't have steering wheels. That is a huge stretch yeah. because not yeah. is it um, a space that is no longer for people facing forward because you face each other in a self-driving car. Yeah. But the concept of the car, and one of the things I've noticed that is that stretch is that the concept of the car, the automobile that we consider today is changing. And one of the things that's been fascinating is they're all actually referencing, it's sort of like the, the, the retro phase is over. 
that's dead. But what is coming into automotive design again is a reference to the original stagecoaches that were drawn by a horse and buggy, which had no steering wheel because people faced inward. But the horse has now become the artificial intelligence. And that's the part I wonder about as somebody who works with, you know, really iconic classic cars and really iconic classic artists. If you see a future where maybe one of these self-driving robots in 20, 30 years, when it's way beyond, you know, when self-driving cars are, are no longer the cutting edge, you know, maybe there's a, uh, maybe your classic car show, there's one where, you know, a, a, a Zoops Amazon taxi shows up and it's like one of the only ones left because they all got disposed of, but that wins the show. Who knows? <laughs> well, we'll find out. I mean, I can tell you that I, I, I think, I think a lot of people are feeling the stretch right now in design. And I think we're all anticipating something that's gonna come out of the box that's gonna be unique. I love that. I think that's yeah. a great place to say. Uh, before we wrap up here, because this is really a fascinating show and I really want to encourage, you know, people who know about the show know you, they know the show, but a lot of our audience members actually don't know. How can people find out about this show if they're just tuning into our design podcast? Yeah, pretty simple. Just go to PasaderaConcord.com. And you'll see everything. Uh, I mean, it's great. You know, we've great. got we've got great judges. Uh, we've got great. I mean, I would encourage you to take a look at the judge roster, and that'll give you an idea of of uh, the flavor of what this event is all about. And uh, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. PasaderaConcord.com. Yeah, and just so people understand, Pasadera is very similar to Pasadena, but it's not Pasadena. It's Pasadera. Right. The ER. And Concour, remember, is a French word, C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S. Yeah. And we'll have there as well. But listen, thank you very much. I know these are very fast and there's a lot more you can tell. I'd love to have you come back on in another day and talk about the work you do with Masters of Light and also the work you do with addiction recovery. It's really important work, speaks close to my heart for some things I work on as well. And uh, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, but thank you for Good. coming on. All right. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another reason to stretch your mind and join us each and every time here driven by design. We're going backwards. We're going forwards. Are we going back to the future? Whatever it is, we're driving along. Hope you'll join us right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net, streaming live from the Cove here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.